This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 277. My name's Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, it's Earth Day coming up on April 22nd, 2019, and uh, that's next week. So we like to talk about sustainability in bars and restaurants as often as possible, but we thought this would be a good uh, opportunity to talk about it again. Uh, we have Claire Sprouse and Chad Arnholtz on today, and Claire is a brand new bar owner at Hunky Dory in Brooklyn, and Chad works at Diamond Reef, also in Brooklyn. But they have another venture together. They run the Tin Roof Drink Community. Claire tells us about it. Um, well, Tin Roof started, I think, um, you know, as kind of an umbrella for um, a lot of, like, the things that we were interested in. We were doing a lot of, Chad and I were doing a lot of community-oriented events. We were doing a lot of consulting on beverage programs, um, and we were doing a lot of education, which has always been really important to us. So whether it's like teaching a whiskey class or just creating opportunities for our peers to learn more and just get more opportunities to connect with each other. Not too long after we started, we ended up getting a little bit more focused on the idea of sustainability. And it was more or less um, from a different standpoint than I think a lot of people do, which is um, you know, people think a lot about like plastic straws or food waste, but we were in a position where water was um, became became very evident that water was uh, something that we were kind of all taking for granted, and, uh, and that's where we got our our interest peaked um, in sustainability, and it just kind of grew from there. And I, I like to say that think that we are a we approach it in a very like holistic way and um, we try to chip away at these issues of waste and, and every, and every factor that, you know, touches our bars and our cocktails and restaurants. Here's Brad. There's sort of a um, kind of a personal kind of visceral connection that, that I do. And I've, you know, I've heard Claire talk about it too, but I want to speak for you, Claire, um, to this notion of like water. Uh, it's one thing to be here in, in Brooklyn and hear like, Oh, there's a drought in California. When I moved to San Francisco at first in 2000 and um, late 2002, 2003, you know, it rained every day in the winter. It rained 120 days in a row one year. I lost my transmission because I, I couldn't tell that my fluid was leaking. When I moved back there in 2012, for about four years, it only rained five days total. And this thing happens in Northern California where the seasons look opposite. So in winter, everything's bright green and in summer, everything's uh, kind of toasty brown. And five years running, from 2012 up until you know the end of 2016 all the hills that are usually beautiful emerald in the winter were just dusty and brown and so it wasn't just that there was a drought and you heard about it it was, it was that you'd walk through the city and you'd feel the wind and on that wind was just dry and dusty in a town that you're used to having to you know clean mud off your shoes every day um it, it was quite a drastic feeling i think that at that time 2003 sorry 2013 14 15 people really started to feel the crunch. And that's kind of the environment that Claire and I found ourselves being sort of dropped into when we started thinking about this topic. Claire has a brand new bar, Hunky Dory in Brooklyn, and uh, with a brand new place. I was really interested to hear what she put in place. She's very passionate about the sustainability issues. So I was curious to hear what she uh, has put in place in her new bar. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor this week. It's Cake POS from Cisco. Cake is the point of sale system that lets bar and restaurant owners focus on the guest experience. Stop worrying about tracking every sale 
Well, Cake does that for you. You can automatically save information and review it later from anywhere. That means maybe as a manager or owner, you can actually take a couple days off, which is pretty rare in this business. No matter where you are, you can check in on daily reports and know that they'll be up to date. To get started with Cake, check out trycake.com slash bartender. For our Bartender Journey listeners at that link, you can get $750 off the activation fee. That's a 75% discount. Go to trycake.com slash bartender and request a demo or just get more info there. So I asked Claire what she put in place in her brand new bar to promote sustainability. We came into a pre-existing space that was uh, previously a wine bar that had a small cocktail list. And so we are working within the restrictions of like, what can we do with the, the things that we have? And also what can we do with the very little money we have? And um, so it was a lot of like prioritizing what can be accomplished now. Um, things like purchasing, like what spirits are we purchasing? And what wine are we purchasing? That what brands that we work with that share those values of sustainability and, so that was a really easy first step, and I think it's a great place for most people to start. Um, and then, you know, the like not as uh, fun purchasing, like where are we like where do our coffee cups, how were they made, um, how is our you know the straws are you know another <laughs> easy target to pick to easily make sustainability kind of a, a part of your program. And so those are the things we tackle at first and. Since then, since we've opened, it's been a slow process of, you know, trying to make sure that the kitchen and the bar are cross-utilizing each other's food waste and being really conscious of doing, like, new or very old techniques of preserving to make sure that we're not wasting anything and nothing's spoiling. Right. Yeah, and then also, you know, working with our community garden is something that I feel really strongly about. I think, like, urban gardens in general are just this, really great space that a like most cities need them for to collect water and preserve clean water in cities but also they're just a place where young and old people can go and connect with their agriculture and and it really helps bring people back to being aware of like thinking about food and thinking about how we grow things and choosing organic is such an important part of being sustainable that um, maybe people glossed over now because it seems it's kind of taken for granted a little bit, but it's, it's just such a huge impact on the environment. So we really try to support our community garden um, by either like featuring a cocktail that features ingredients from that or just uh, working with them to compost. We have a little chicken farm at the community garden and they actually eat um, some of our like coffee scraps and things like that. I work at a private club, and now we have a an herb garden, uh, and we're putting in a second one, which is great. I've heard of other private clubs doing even like uh, they have honeybees and uh, chickens as well, so they have fresh eggs. So uh, you, there's a lot you can do, even if you're even if you're in a city. Those community gardens are really interesting, and uh, I think it really helps connect the neighborhood to the to the bar or restaurant too. We're really interested. There's a uh I'm always surprised when like people like normal people that are like obsessive about restaurants or bars are like reading those articles and you know listening to podcasts and things like that and really taking an interest in it it helps like keep us focused and know that um, 
I mean, I feel very self-motivated and I think the staff is self-motivated, but it's, it's always nice to have that recognition, um, even if it's in the form of just one guest saying like, hey, this is really cool and thank you. And this is something I'm going to like take back to my house or share with my friends that think about next time I go to make a cocktail or go to make a, you know, toast at my house. So um, all those things are, um, I think, build a lot of loyalty within our community, with our guests that come in and just make us, I feel like we're more than just a bar, bar more than just a restaurant, we're like an actual community member. I would add to that, I mean, Claire sort of alludes to a really nice, good point here, which is it manifests in a way where a lot a lot of times a, a bartender or bar manager isn't working in that ideal scenario that Claire and I have gotten to work in, in the past where you, like you have an architect that's like design a bar for us you know usually you are inheriting a bar as is the case of Hunky Dory right or you work at a place and you have a boss that maybe doesn't see the same things as you see it's important to take a mindful and proactive kind of perspective and strategy you think about being more sustainable because it's not always going to be sort of these easy singular fix but like you know straws or um or like a new piece of equipment but if you comb through all the little changes you can do in your existing space you can be more sustainable and those things aren't necessarily easy but when you add community that you know we have this robust great bar community and you have your community members sort of supporting your achievements, then that snowballs and you have another bar down the street that's starting to think about the same things and look at the way you're doing it. So on the one hand, you can work in an existing space and make those small changes. And on the other hand, you can also work to support your peers to get to the same place. And that's one of the things that I think that is at the core of what we do at Tin Roof, which is to really um, push the conversation and keep the conversation together uh, or going and aggregate as much different information as we find so that we can inspire others to kind of do the same thing and then kind of start that ripple effect and have it spread through the industry. I remember during the um, um, sustainability summit at Tails a couple of years ago that you both were uh, heavily involved in or organized, uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, repurposing things. And I remember a great line from someone, I forget who said it, but said, uh, it wouldn't be trash anymore if you knew what to do with it. <laughs> That was that was a great line. So are you are you are you both doing anything um anything along those lines of repurposing things that may may have been thrown away otherwise? I think that um there's like kind of a like this notion that like cocktails with food scraps or food with cocktail scraps aren't gonna taste as good or they're like you know, they're just like secondhand cocktails and what I always like to do is um, I think what we like to teach people um, is to think about like food waste as new opportunities to learn and new opportunities for flavor. And so um, I try to use them as like ways to inspire us to push the boundaries of our cocktails and not limit what we do. So a lot of times we, like, I work really closely with the kitchen to make sure that we're using each other's byproducts. Um, and that it makes sense that it like serves a purpose in the whatever dish or drink that we're creating and not just throwing it in um, as a kitchen sink. <laughs> uh, but we change our menus pretty frequently. Um, I don't like to do a big like this is our spring menu or this is like menu number 16 um, because we're so like seasonal and um, we pay such close attention to growing seasons and 
the, you know, the fact is that growing season still, you know, it's not like, oh, on April 1st, that's when all of the spring things come out <laughs> and all the winter things go away. Um, we just, we really try to have to like stay in tune with um, the seasonality of ingredients. And so that allows us to be a little bit more flexible when we make cocktails on our food here at the bar. Even things like we do fennel seed syrups here and those that get um, used in um, the leftover fennel seeds, the candied fennel seeds, um, end up going into um, our onion dips. And so we're always just trying to find ways to do that. I think a really easy way to put that to use in your own space would be to like just start a list each day of what you're throwing in the trash and then like go back to that list at the end of the week and be like how can we like could we use the carrot top greens and something else or could the grapefruit skins be dehydrated or could these herbs that we like the sage stems for instance are still like super aromatic um, after you pick the leaves off like can those get thrown in a bottle of vodka or can they be ground up and used in a herb mix and you know, just taking a quick inventory one week to see what's happening, um, where the waste is, and identify those um, places can really, like, just spark really cool conversations. And um, and that's how we approach waste in, in our space. And I think in every place that Chad and I have, uh, have consulted on and worked at. When you look at your waste um, so critically, what it also does is it reminds you to think about how much you're buying in the first place. So one way to cut down on your waste, if you can't reuse everything, is to figure out like how efficient you are at bringing things into your restaurant and or your bar, and how uh, effective you are at like sourcing the things that are going to produce the least amount of waste. You know, one of the things that we talk about when we're you know hitting the circuit is like, you know, it's that old adage, adage like reduce, reuse, and recycle. But you start with reduce and instead of saying like, what do I do with all this leftover ice at the end of the night? You ask, how do I set myself not to use as much ice? Right. And then, you know, and then you get to the point where you have some food waste that you repurpose and you have a, you know, a nice little thing to do with the leftover uh, sunflowers from your, your syrup. But it's not until, you know, you go through that first process of learning where to, to cut out the fat that, you know, that's where you can get some real gains as well. And it makes financial sense. I mean, you know, you're, you're, I remember at the sustainability summit, somebody said you're throwing away money. And, you know, not to, you know, as simple as it makes it sound, that isn't always on, and this is where the community thing comes in. It isn't always on the purchaser or the, you know, bartender, you know, as a bar manager, you have very little to say in whether or not XYZ Scotch brand packages their scotch inside of a cardboard tube, inside of a box, inside of another box, inside of another box. Right. You know, as an industry, we need to start to favor those products that take these things into consideration. I always like to point out the restaurant in, in Brighton, UK, um, Silo, uh, Doug, uh, McMaster, he's also a business partner with Ryan C. from um, White Lion at uh, Cub in London. They um, don't have any packaging waste on their entire restaurant except for uh, except for wine bottles. So everything they get shipped is in a pickup container. So all their all their fruits and everything comes, you know, in those reusable crates, and then they have an exchange going on with all their producers. Um, 
we're not there yet in the US and certainly not with bars, but there, you know, it's not inconceivable to think that we can push in that direction and that we can pressure our purveyors to be able to accommodate, you know, our desires in terms of sustainability. Claire, if somebody's just getting started with uh, trying to do more sustainable things with their establishment or, or they are doing things and, and want to do more, what, where do you think they should start? It can feel like very daunting to tackle this subject, but if you have like, you know, your team and your team can extend beyond like your bar team, but like, you know, your neighbors and your purveyors um, and like goals that you guys can be working towards, it makes it a lot easier. Um, and that kind of starts with just asking questions like ask your liquor brands like what are the base ingredients they're using ask your produce farmers like where they're getting things and at the very least get more connected to all of your ingredients it's like a really easy and like really fun and just educational way to start i always like to ask myself a question um it's a pretty simple one and this can be used like when you're walking around day to day or when you're running a bar and that's like do i need this and that can be, do I need this, this soda in this can? Or, you know, can I just like drink some water? Do I need this one bourbon that comes with a ton of crap wrapping it? Or can I use this other one? The very simple question of like, can my day function, can my business function without this item can kind of lead you to a, a pattern of decision making that can be more sustainable big thank you to Claire Sprouse and Chad Arnholt for being on the show and talking about sustainability. It's Earth Day, it's spring, so see what you can do to make things a little better. Hey, my name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks so much for listening to the Bartender Journey podcast. You can email me directly for any reason at all. It's brian at bartenderjourney.net. I'd love to hear from you. If you have an interesting story to tell, please do get in touch. Don't forget about our sponsor, Cake POS. Find our special link for our Bartender Journey listeners at trycake.com slash bartender. You can get $750 off the activation fee. That's a 75% discount. Go to trycake.com slash bartender and just check out the info there or uh, you can request a demo and just take a look. All right, here's our toast. Keep your head cool and your feet warm, and a glass of great whiskey will do you no harm. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. This is your bartender. Signing off.